Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks, and welcome to the Monday edition of RealMentorsRadio.com. And if I sound a little slow today, that is just because I did not get to bed till about 3.30 this morning and was back up and at them at about 7. My baby girls were both out of town at a youth function down in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, we did not want to go to bed until they got home. So it was just one of those wild and crazy nights. We thought we were teenage lovers again, just being up. Except this time around, we got three-year-olds and eight-year-olds running all over the place. But we had fun last night just hanging out and watching the kids while the girls were gone. Today we are in Chapter 6, Develop Capacity. You know, this whole book by by uh, Barry Posner and James Coos has been on training up leaders, credible leaders, develop leaders. They, they develop their constituencies to go out there and lead. And as I got to thinking, who can I use as an example? Uh, I thought of John Maxwell because I've, I've known John's family and, and I've been around John now for – uh, literally 12 going on 13 years. I've seen him in action you know, on stage and behind the stage. I've seen him create leaders from his early days at Skyline Church to his current reformulation of the John Maxwell Company. I've seen him create these leaders, and they've gone out and done great things in other organizations on their own, and I've seen them come back home to help him facilitate and lead and, and train up the next generation. And I got to thinking about about this. This is truly the sign of being a credible leader because you're not expecting followers. I think this is really the difference between being a credible leader and a cult leader. You know, cult leaders are charismatic. They're passionate. They're caring as long as it fits their need. Credible leaders develop capacity in their constituencies knowing that the odds are very good that eventually that person's going to outgrow them, go somewhere else, and build something big. That's what the key is. Today, the, the guys start out a story about the William Morris Endeavor Agency out of Beverly Hills. And they talk about Nikki, who was a fresh new young talent agent that went to work there. Nikki says, from the start, I created relationships that allowed me to develop my competency and confidence. Rather than having me do remedial tasks, as I had done for two years at another agency, like answering phones, writing emails, submitting demo reels, Nikki allowed her constituents to listen to her calls as she negotiated the deals. At the end of each week, her and her constituent, in, in this case, one individual, would discuss, ask questions. Each deal was different, so the questions would pertain to specific deals. She'd even ask me, how would you have handled the negotiations? She shared with me her misgivings about difficult deals. These informal sessions fostered my self-confidence and made me feel involved. As can happen, one day a 
a client, a potential client, called in. Nikki was gone. So her her apprentice, we could say, took the call. When he finally got a hold of Nikki, he told her what he was doing. He said, or she only had one question, why hadn't you started negotiations earlier? Now, this was eye-opening to him because all of a sudden he realized, based on the tonality of her voice, she trusted him. She believed in him. She had no problem with him taking the deal and running with it. And as the main agent, when she got on the phone to finally close the deal with the client, she made it very clear that it was her constituent that had put it all together and had done a phenomenal job for both the company and their new client. See, you have to create a culture of learning. Credible leaders know they have to continually develop the capacity of their constituents. That's the only way that we can put shared values into practice. We studied these in the other chapter. It's those shared values that create the team, that create a legacy. And as a leader, in order to grow your asset base, you need to understand you've got to invest in others. It's not just about investing in yourself. It's easy for us to be nomad leaders where we just we build ourselves, we build ourselves, we build ourselves, and we start running around like Nicolas Cage and Firebird saying, I am the greatest. Muhammad Ali in the ring, I am the greatest. But you notice when Muhammad Ali retired, there was nobody else picking up his mantle saying, I am the greatest. Have you ever wondered why professional boxers, unlike other sports, are not raising up somebody underneath them to take their place. See, developing capacity in others requires you to ask yourself about the assumptions you've made regarding those people and their capability. In other words, you've got to look at the people that you lead and say, am I raising them up? Am I giving them capacity to be better leaders? If you're not, then you're really not leading not in not in the sense of a credible leader. I mean, that's the crazy thing right there. Sheep are leaders. I mean, did, did you ever think about this? Most of the time you only hear the story about the shepherds and how the shepherds guide the flocks and the little shepherd dog keeps them in line. But do you realize that sheep are leaders? And if one sheep goes over the cliff, the rest of them are bound to follow with no problem whatsoever. Think about that. Are you leading your flock over the cliff? See, you've got to be willing to liberate the leadership in everyone. You've got to create that that leader and say, you can be somebody. Each person God created is unique. So each of us have a role to play. There's no doubt about that. But there's five essential components that go into developing, goes into developing, the capacity of others. And this doesn't doesn't mean just your people that are on your team. Okay, Troy, I'll do this for my workers. No. This should be done to your family, Sunday school class, your 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 BMI group, whatever it is that you're doing. This should be done constantly. 
Number one is competence. People have to know that they have the knowledge and the skill to do what they say they're going to do. If you don't give them or help them develop that knowledge and skill, which is which combined becomes the wisdom they need, then it's your fault if they fail. You can't just blame them for it. If you're the leader, you need to, to create this. And if you don't, here's what's going to happen. Those that are really hungry for it, they're going to leave you. They're going to go somewhere else. They're going to go find what they need. I'll guarantee you that. Just the way it is. The second thing is choice. You have to give them the latitude to make choices based on what they believe should be done. And then you've got to understand that there's going to be mistakes, and they can't be punished for that. Okay? This is this is just part of the gig. Number three, you've got to give them confidence. They must believe they can do it. I was with a client last week in Arizona, and this is the big thing about their field force, what they're trying to figure out for their conference. And, and I'm sitting there trying to help them out. They're looking for motivational speakers, a, a, a feel-good. And that's, that's, that's okay. I mean, I'm not against that, but it's kind of antiquated compared to what people are looking for. See, people want to be entertained. They want to be motivated, but they want nuts and bolts motivation. Look at it in the statistics. They want somebody that inspires them on that stage, gives them those nuggets of wisdom that they need, something new, something that's developed around the company. You've got to be able to do that. The fifth thing is communication. You've, you have to consistently, constantly in, keep your team informed about what's going on in order to keep them up to date. This this antiquated military mindset of you're on a need-to-know basis doesn't work. When I was at VEMA last week, walked upstairs to the corporate suite. The corporate suite was not just the, the corner office of VK and, and Mia, his, his assistant. The web team's up there, the graphic arts team's up there. The heart of the company was up there. The the downstairs has customer service, has the store, has the shipping, has the warehouse, all that good stuff. Just as important. That's why it's on the ground floors because it's the foundation. It's really the, the heart, I guess you could say. The brain was upstairs. They all work in tandem together. But it wasn't an isolated deal. It was open communication back and forth. And here's the thing that, that impressed me so much about BK Breaka. We walk into the web team's den and bk doesn't say hey i'm the the owner and the president and the ceo and yada 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 i want you to show troy something he walked in and he looked at the the head webmaster and he said hey i need to know if we can show this is is it cool if we show this even though it's not finished and they said yeah man we can do that he asked Communication is a two-way street. See, this is what happens. BK is a credible leader. I had somebody that day say, man, you use that dude a lot. Is he, like, paying you? Is he your, your, your boss? No. Pays me, yeah, because we do work together. But here's the deal. I've watched BK in action, and he's consistent. He's like my, my brother Richard Brooke, who's consistent. 
See, this is what it's about right here. You have to build consistency as a leader. And when you're consistent and you give them the five C's, then what happens is you start to foster a sustainable team. A team that's going to go out there and say, we can be somebody. A team that's going to go out there and say, you know what, I'm ready to go out on my own. And is it as, as what, what I used to use all the time as an example of eagles, you're going to kick that little eaglet out of the nest. They're going to fall a couple times. You're going to pick them back up. But then eventually they're going to go out there and they're going to build their own legacy. See, that's what happens when you build competence. But how do you build competence? That's going to be the question. I, it just always comes up. How do I do this? Educate, educate, educate. Simple as that. In real estate, it's location, location, location. Leadership, it's educate, educate, educate. The more that you can educate a team, the more that you can equip that team, the more that you can take each individual person and equip them to be better, then the better or the more credible, I should say, leader that you are. See, when... When your constituents feel that they are successful, and you, and here's the funny part. You may be saying, but Troy, we're in network marketing. Everybody's a volunteer. That's, that's a true statement, without a doubt. And if you look at your organization, go ahead and log into your back office and look at it. How many of those volunteers are sitting on their butt doing nothing? I mean, you, you, it looks like a Sunday morning church service. See, the reason that people don't do anything is because they don't feel competent to do it. You know, if you're if if you've hung out in 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 the, the the church community as much as I have, you've probably been to at least one, maybe two, business meetings in a church. And, and what what humors me the most is the larger the church, the less people show up. Do you ever wonder why that is? Why is it that thousands of people can show up on a Sunday morning, but when you actually get to the heart of the issue? Setting the budget for a church, eight people show up. Now, I guarantee you the other 992 are going to be griping and moaning the rest of the year about how much the preachers paid or the fact that they didn't put put enough money into the choir and all that. Well, the same thing rings true in business. When people don't feel competent that they can show up, when they don't have the the, the capacity inside of themselves to say, well, I won't be valuable there, then they don't go. In business, it's about the skills. See, the more that you can give people skill-wise, that you help them to find their strengths on the team, the more that you develop, the more that you create to help other people take it to the next level. See, leadership skill is considered, I mean, literally, by the majority of the companies out there to to really be that that hidden factor that contributes the most to performance. But to find a leadership skill that, that is going to work and to create the capacity that's needed, to give them the competence level to say, I can do this, you're going to have to get education. And most companies, sadly, Although they say it's a big deal, they do not focus on that. Most people don't focus on it. Do you realize that most people don't even finish a book when they pick it up? Less than 10% of the books that are bought are ever finished. And that, to, to me, that's just freaky. 
and probably it's it's due to the fact that when I was growing up, I didn't have the privilege of watching TV. We just didn't have one for several years. So I learned to read. I won contests in the summertime at the library. would read more books than anybody else. I mean, that's all I did was sit around and read books. You know what I do today? I sit around and read books. You know I'm reading two books on marriage right now, three books on leadership, and I have a brand new Western that I just picked up that I'm reading. That's why I write so much in my journals is because when I grab this stuff, i got to write it down. I mean, it's it's... This is what you have to educate yourself. Now, either you're going to go to school and do it, you're going to get stuff and do it, you're going to have others help you. But the more educated you are, the more choices that you have, and leaders, listen up. Because the more choices that you offer your constituents, the more ownership they're going to buy into. See, choice builds commitment. Choice produces ownership. We just studied this in Entre Leadership by Dave Ramsey. That's what Dave does with his team. See, when you when you do this, Jack Stack, the CEO of CRS Holdings, said it this way. We have a company filled with people who not only are owners, but they think and act like owners rather than employees. See, getting people to act like owners goes far beyond giving them equity. Owners, real owners, don't have to be told what to do. They just figure it out on their own. They have all the knowledge. They have the understanding. The information that they need is right at their hand. They know how to make a decision. And best of all, they have the motivation and the will to act fast. See, ownership is not a set of legal rights. It's a state of mind. Ownership is not a set of legal rights. It's a state of mind. And a credible leader will enhance the ownership mindset by making sure that their people have choices about what they do, especially when it comes to the shared values and building that legacy of that company. It's the only way. See, when you provide your constituents with choice, when you provide them with the with the latitude to make mistakes and know they won't get punished. You liberate them into being the people that they were created for. See, that's what blows my mind is this is so simple, but yet most people don't apply it. See, it's funny because once, you, once you've done this once or twice, you realize that you're building the skills necessary for your family to operate, for your business to operate, for the world to operate. Because when you when you give choices and you're educating, it builds that confidence. And people need to feel that they're in control of their own lives, and the only way to do that is when they have confidence. See, when people don't have confidence, they get scared. When they get scared, their mind starts to paint pictures that are not reality. Sure, it's their reality, but fear takes over. See, I don't, I've studied enough about psychology, and I've dug deep into the different philosophies in psychology to know that all people, this is a common denominator, 
all people want to believe that they can influence other people and influence life events, but yet very few will actually act on that. I was running some statistics over the weekend, and I want to thank you, my listeners, for this statistic. On average, in the month or in the year 2011, we had right at 10,000 downloads a month off this radio show. That's people that are on iTunes, people that are live listens, people listen on the Internet. I could break it down, but but I don't want to bore you. 10,000 listeners a month to our radio shows. I, I was humbled. I was just sitting back, and I started to realize as I was reading through credibility that it's because I'm equipping. By, by sharing the information that we share by some of the greatest leaders in modern times, we're equipping you. And see, when you... Foster confidence in people. It's, it's by equipping them to go beyond what they thought. And see, developing others' competence through choice and ownership does more than just build the skills necessary to the job. It increases the confidence in people to go above and beyond what's expected. This is what military, this is what my Marine training has, has done for me. My pappy was a rock star. I mean, he 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 busted my butt. But but it, it's funny because he reminds me a lot of John Wayne. You know, I was watching a movie this weekend, and and a little gal was called Hondo. It's actually a Louis L'Amour book, but it was it was a western. And a little boy didn't know how to swim, couldn't get across the creek. John Wayne picked him up, threw him in. He said, "Well, it's about time you learn." Well, that's kind of how my dad was. If I needed to learn something, kick me in my butt and said, "Go do it." You ought to have seen it, man. I'm so excited. My my 16th birthday. I'm going to segue here for a minute because this is it's just one of those flashpoints in your life. I remember my dad saying, man, I got you a car for your birthday. I thought, now, does that not kick butt? It's probably why I only drive Fords today, but he got me a, a Chevy Nova. Man, it was all I could do to just stay focused in school that day. I get home, and he gives me two things. The keys to the car that doesn't run. And the and the loan book to pay the loan. All the parts to make the car run was there. And you know what? You can't ask for a better education because I learned to love that car more than anything. Because I had to put it together. I had to make it run. Long story short, I got it running, drove it to the top of the street, and some dude came flying over the hill and totaled it for me. So that part sucked. But I'll never forget that. See, he... He knew how to develop competence and confidence in me. I learned to work on cars. I'd rather work on a car than do just about anything. It's just fun to me. I don't like my fingers getting dirty, though. See, he fostered confidence in me. That's what we have to do. See, if we all want to want to influence other people's lives, then we need to realize the only way to do that is to raise up leaders and become a, 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 a credible leader ourselves. See, you cannot lead until you feel that you can adequately cope with the event, situation, and people that you confront. See, leadership, this is something that is very seldom taught in any leadership area. When you're a leader, you better have rhino thick freaking skin because you're going to have all kinds of controversy. 
It's just going to happen. And constructive controversy is fine, but you're going to have people out there that are dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies, and they're going to come after you just because they're jealous more than anything else. I mean, that just freaking happens. And a lot of times leaders will disappear because what happens is they they get scared. They don't they're not prepared themselves. They don't understand what's going to happen when they're out front. But see, a credible leader takes action, creates conditions that will strengthen everyone's self esteem, and most of all gives them an internal sense of effectiveness. See, it's okay when other people are saying things, as long as that's not true. But it also is a leader, is a credible leader. When you hear negative crap, you better listen really close, really fast. And you need to you need to make sure that you're you're weighing through it. You gotta weigh through and say, is there any ounce of credibility here? And most of the time there is. In every criticism there is some credibility if you listen. What can you do to be better? How can you make better decisions to help your team? See, when you do that, the sky's the limit on where you can take it. See, you start to create this this climate of people knowing, okay, we can learn. There's, we can make mistakes. Somebody can, can say nasty things about us, but if we learn from it, it's okay. And see, as a leader, before you just throw your people out there to the wolves, I'm going to tell you, this is what you should do. You should create situations where they can have small wins. Structure the tasks in a way that they can be broken down into little pieces, and you can build those confidence levels up little by little by little. That's done by creating this climate of learning. See, in the Marine Corps, we couldn't make mistakes. Because it was a learning process. First 12 weeks in, they knew we were going to screw up. Now, they yelled and screamed and hollered and, you know, you thought you were going to hell in a handbasket and Satan had sent the demons in uniforms. But by the end of that 12 weeks, you realized that everything that had been done just built you up. That's because, just like other leaders, the Marine DIs understood The people can't really be expected to learn and move out of their comfort zones if they're not given the opportunity to make mistakes. We were given opportunity to make mistakes. You know, it's better to make a mistake in a 12-week learning process called boot camp than it is on the front lines looking down the barrel of an M16 at the enemy. See, the same thing goes here. Now, some people won't do this, and I know we're running out of time. This book's just so beautiful, but here's why. Stanford psychology professor Carol Dweck hits it home. There's two types of mindsets, the growth mindset or the fixed mindset. If, if, if you're going to lead as a credible leader, then you have to work on your constituents' mindset and let them know they aren't fixed in life where they're at. They can grow. They can continue to move forward. They can build what they want to build. It just takes energy. It takes time. See, if we have that that mindset that we can be somebody, that we can change, that we can we can go out there and make a difference, we will. 
if we think we've learned all we can learn and that's it, and you know what's going to happen? We're going to end up on 60 Minutes with a camera in our face sitting outside of a of an assembly plant, drinking beer at lunch hour, and then going back into work, going home, nothing new. It's crazy. Here's what we take away from today. These are the key ideas from Chapter 6, Develop Capacity. People can't do what they say they will do if they don't know how. As a credible leader, you've got to train them in this. Credible leaders provide the resources and other organizational support that enable constituents to build their skills and put their abilities to constructive use. Credible leaders foster an ownership mindset by making sure people have choices and the freedom to use their training, their judgment, and their experience to do what's right. Credible leaders take action and create condition that strengthens everyone's self-esteem and internal sense of effectiveness. People can't be expected to learn if they aren't given the opportunities to make mistakes. Credible leaders share information. No more of this, you're on a need-to-know basis. And lastly, to build and sustain organizational credibility. Credible leaders ensure that everyone accepts responsibility for his or her own action. It's a way to do it. Man, we are on the air all week long. This is going to be a blast. Tomorrow, Chapter 7, Serve a Purpose. This is going to be huge. It's going to be rocking. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here with me tomorrow morning on RealMentorsRadio.com. Bye now.